C.S. Lewis said this, Jesus has forced open a door that had been locked since the death of the first man. He has met, fought, and beaten the king of death. Everything is different because he has done so. Everything. Listen, as Christians, we don't need to fear death at all. And we're going to talk about that today. Go ahead and open up your Bibles if you want. If you have a Bible app, you can use that. If you have a Bible around you, it's going to be Luke chapter 24, verses 1 through 7. We're going to look at that first. Page 807, if you're using the Bible that's in the row. If you have the Version Bible app, if you click on your location, if you click on events and your location is on, it'll probably show you the message notes from today's sermon. And you can just open it up and boop, it's right there. So Luke chapter 24. Another famous person, A.B. Simpson, said this about Easter. Easter is the New Year's Day of the soul. It's the New Year's Day of the soul. God is so good, and we're going to talk about all that that means for us today. Luke 24, to give you just one more moment to go ahead and turn there. It says, but very early on, before, before we do that, can, can, I'm going to ask a couple of people. I'm going to ask, let me see, let me see, who wouldn't mind? Donna, Tina, I don't think you'll mind. Can you guys come up? Would you mind sitting up a little closer to give up the back row for some people coming in? Is that Okay. You guys are awesome. I didn't think you would mind. Anybody else that don't mind, you could squeeze up just to help out, make some seats available. Thank you so much. Our kids aren't coming back for a little while, so they're going to have Children's Church in the back, so that'll help. Thank you so much, Donna. Give a hand for Donna, Tina. They're awesome. I'm sorry, Tina. I know Don wouldn't mind. Tina will hit me later for that. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Luke chapter 24, just help give a little bit of space. Luke chapter 24, here we go. But very early on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb taking spices that they had prepared. They found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance, so they went in. They didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. As they stood there puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them clothed in dazzling robes. The women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground. The men asked, why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He isn't here. He has risen from the dead. Remember what he told you back in Galilee, that the son of man must be portrayed into the hands of sinful men and crucified and that he would rise again on the third day. It is interesting how people say, even when they're looking for Jesus, they try to look for him among the tombs or or they try to analyze the shroud of Turin to get an x-ray of what Jesus may have looked like. And, And you know what? That shroud, I've actually seen it in person when it was at the Franklin Institute. Um, That shroud, it, it may have been the shroud of Jesus. It doesn't matter if it was or wasn't. It was probably the shroud of somebody, I guess. But they crucified many people and buried many people. So who knows who it is? The point is we should not be looking for relics to find Jesus. Jesus isn't here. The tomb is gone. We need to find Jesus in faith and let him change our lives to live differently. It's not about relics. It's not about tombs. It's about Jesus. Let me talk to you about a birdcage. Okay. There was a pastor, his name was Dr. Gordon. He once brought an old rusty bird cage like this to church. And he was preaching from the pulpit and he set it right up next to his pulpit on Sunday morning. 
And as he begins to share his Easter message, he says, I know this is kind of weird and strange to bring a rusty birdcage into church. And that's not what we normally do. But let me tell you the story that just happened a few days ago. This was the pastor, Dr. Gordon. He said, I was walking down the street. And as I'm walking down the street, I saw this young kid just swinging a birdcage. He's just walking down, just whipping that thing. Woo, woo, the sound effects help, right? I was told I'm very good at sound effects. Woo, he's swinging, swinging. That was a good one. He's swinging the cage. He's swinging the cage, and he walks over to the boy, and he notices that there's two birds in the bottom of this cage just clinging to the bottom. And he looks at, he looks at the boy, and he says, what are you doing? I see you have two birds in there. Yeah, I called them out in the field. What are you going to do with those two birds? I don't know. I think I'm going to tease them, mess with them a little bit, see what they do, poke them with sticks, see what happens. And the man says, then what are you going to do? He says, well, when I get bored of them, I don't know. You know what? I have a big cat at home. I think I'll take them home and let the cat mess with them. And this man looked at him, this pastor, and said, you want to sell those birds? Boy, he says, Mr., you don't want these birds. These words ain't, or these birds ain't worth nothing. You don't want these birds. He says, no, no, no. Well, humor me. Pretend I do. If you were to sell them, and if, I, and if I wanted them, how much would you take for them? The boy says, all right, two bucks. Uh, uh, and the guy says, okay. And he reached into his pocket, and he unrolled two bucks, and he handed it to the little boy. And the little boy excitedly couldn't believe it. And he grabbed the money, thought this was his lucky day. And handed this pastor this birdcage with these two birds just clinging to the bottom. Kid walks away singing and, and jumping up and down. And so the man walks a little further away. And when he got out of the uh, eyesight of the little boy, he opens up the cage. And he says, shoo, shoo, and pushes the little birds. And they fly away to freedom. True story, according to this pastor. Then the pastor said this. In the same way... Satan has imprisoned us like that little boy. And he pokes us, and he lets us know that destruction is coming, death is coming, and we just sit back held in fear with no way out. But Jesus is the one who came, paid the price to set us free, opened up the door and calls all who would want to leave, leave, shoo, and fly to freedom. You understand, that's what Christianity is about. It's not a set of rules that we have to follow. I don't have to follow any rules to go to heaven. I have to trust in Jesus completely. The things we do for God, it was be- it's because we get to do them. We don't have to. When I was a kid, I grew up in church. We had a whole lot of have-tos. Right? We only had 10 commandments in the Bible, but my gosh, we had about 650 have-tos, right? Just things added. I don't know if anybody else grew up like that. You had all kinds of things, and I always tell the funny story, but it's so true. And in and, and summertime, you'll see it if you're around here. I still have albino frozen chicken legs. They're a little better, but when I was a kid, it was thought to be a sin to wear shorts. Right? So I didn't start wearing uh, shorts till I was like 21 or 22. And um, man, my legs were bright. My wife used to have to put on sunglasses <laughs> when I just had, But now my legs are a little better, but I'm telling you, they're, they're pretty, they're pretty uh, pale still. I got to 
And I wear shorts all the time. I just show them bad boys and pale chicken legs. I'm proud. I'm proud of them. But listen, Jesus came to set us free. He opened up the door. We don't have to have a list of extra rules. We serve God because we get to, not because we have to. And it's a joy. And as we serve God, we get to talk to him and he fills us with his presence and gives us a new song in our heart and gives us help to get through the day. Listen, he helps me as a dad. He helps me as a husband, helps me, you know, in every way as as a pastor, as a man, as a citizen, God helps me. If you think I'm bad now, what would it have been like if God wasn't helping me? I'd be a complete mess. But God is so good. He helped us so much. Jesus came to set us free. Just like that. He paid the price. Anyone who desires to come through the door, he allows. Let's talk about what resurrection, what it means. Listen, it means it it really proves that Jesus paid the penalty for our sin. You and I can be right right with God. Our sins can be removed if we allow him to forgive us. That we can have help from him every day. Help here and hope for the future. Jesus paid the price for our sin. What is sin? We talk about sin a lot, and we're going to talk about sin a lot today. What is sin? Sin is this. It's missing the mark. It's when we lie, cheat, steal, and when we don't do the things we're supposed to do. Question, how many of you have ever told a little, little lie? Little tiny lie. Just a little lie, right? Right? Like, I, maybe you're going to sneak out and buy somebody a birthday gift, and they're like, where are you going? And you're like... Right? Well, that's a little lie. Little, I did one like yesterday. Not a birthday gift, but it was like, oh, how do I not spoil a surprise? They'll forgive me for it, right? But, but a lie is a lie, right? The Bible says if you lie, you can't go to heaven. Have, has anybody ever taken the Lord's name in vain? That just means when you said the name God or the name Jesus and you didn't mean to. It's like when you stub your toe and poof, Right? Whatever comes out. Any, anybody ever do that? All right. Who's innocent so far? Can I see your hands? We can keep going if you want. Have you ever stolen anything? Right? A little thing. Pack of gum. Anything, right? Some of you are not raising your hands, and I know. I'll, no, I'm kidding. I don't know. But you probably know, right? Even something small. The Bible says if you stole you, you can't go to heaven because God is perfect and holy, and you can't be in his presence with that. Have you ever lusted after somebody that wasn't your spouse? Yeah, the Bible says you're going to be judged if you've committed adultery with that person. Have you ever hated somebody? Anybody ever got on your nerves? Like, not just got on your nerves, but you knew where you could bury that body like you, you went through? Okay, I, I've, I've, I've legit, I've done that before. Anybody else? You're like, I know what I can do, right? I, I know people. I, I Listen, I went to school. I went to kindergarten in Leesburg, Okay. So I know the marshes back, Port Norris, like, okay, I don't know, I'm just saying, just saying. So, you, you know, whatever, if, if you've done that, Jesus said, if you've hated somebody to the point of that, he's going to judge us as if we murdered somebody. Yeah, because we did, we killed them in our heart. So, sin here, here's what we're going to talk about today. We need to figure out what to do with our sin. We need to do something with our sin. We need to do something with our sin now. Why? Because when we die, it's too late. See, right now we're in sin or we have sin in us. Okay? Because we've all sinned. We have sin in us. 
when we die, if we don't know Jesus, the sin that we have in us becomes on us. Like a weight pressing down, we will receive the judgment and wrath that comes from that sin. We're going to look at a few verses earlier, and here we're going to see a big picture of what we're talking about. You can flip back in your Bible, just the previous page, perhaps, the previous chapter. Just a few more verses before we go out today. During his crucifixion, before Jesus rose, he was mocked by many people. The religious people of the day were the worst. And also, he was mocked by two victims, two fellow victims, two people who were crucified alongside of him. Two thieves, one on his right and one on his left. They were mocking him as well. So look at Luke 23, verse 32 through 33. Just those two verses, and then 39 through 43. It says, two others, both criminals, were led out to be executed with him. When they came to a place called the Skull, they nailed him to the cross, and the criminals were also crucified, one on his right and one on his left. One of the criminals hanging besides him scoffed. So you're the Messiah, are you? Prove it by saving yourself and and us too while you're at it. The other criminal protested. Don't you fear God? So they're shouting. And when you were hanging on the cross, by the way, it took hours and hours to die. So this was a common thing. Jesus is in the middle. One is on one side. One is on the other. The one on his, I believe it's his left, begins, if you're God, right, you're here because you're God, save us. Yeah, some God you are. And the thief on the other side says, don't you fear God? Even when you've been sentenced to die, we deserve, oh, he couldn't do that. We deserve to die for our crimes. As he's nailed. But this man hasn't done anything. And then the man looks at Jesus. Says, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus, as he's on the cross. Breathing, hanging from nails and just just hanging. Lifts up his body, pushing his feet on the nail pegs. Could you imagine? Through the nails, lifting up the the nasty old cross, probably digging into his now whipped and exposed bleeding back. And he pushes himself up because they had to do that in order to get a breath to even talk. So Jesus pushes himself up and says to the man who said, remember me, he says, I assure you, today you will be with me in paradise. Let's talk about what we can look at here. We see there were three crosses. Underneath the first one, we see the word, well, let me back it up. We see the word in. Underneath the second one, we see the word in. Here's why. They had sin in them, right? Because they've sinned. We all took that test and we all failed just a few moments ago. They had sin. The sin was in them as they're on the cross. Romans 3.23, for everyone has sinned and falls short of God's glorious standards. Underneath of the middle cross, there was no sin. Sin was not in 
Jesus. Does that make sense? Hebrews 4.15 says, He faced, Jesus, all the same testings as we do, yet he did not sin. They had sin in them. Jesus did not. The first thief, as he died, he had sin on him as well. Let's talk about what that means to have sin on you. Okay, has anybody ever ran a traffic light, a stoplight? I get accused of doing that and not knowing that I did. So, like you just ran, I prove it. Can see, I don't know. But has anybody here you ran a traffic light, right? Okay, have you ever ran the traffic light and you didn't get caught? Okay, or have you ever sped in your car and you didn't get caught? Okay, so if you're speeding in your car, you're running a traffic light, that means you're kind of in sin. You're breaking the law, right? Okay, but, but when you get caught and you see those blinking lights behind you, the judgment is on you, right? It's not just you're in trouble. The judgment is on you. And you feel it, don't you, when they come up, license and registration, they look down at you, and you, you feel, oh, man, I got to pay a ticket. Insurance is going to go up. Maybe I'm going to go to court, right? And, and the judgment is on you. In the same way, we all have sin in us, but this man, the man on the left, he passed away with his sin not fixed. He didn't talk to Jesus. In fact, he mocked Jesus. He was caught. The third man as well had sin on him, and he was getting ready to pass away. And this is what he said. Well, you saw, he called upon Jesus. See, he felt the unworthiness of his sin. Jesus, will you remember me? He knew he was unworthy. He wasn't worth going to heaven. Jesus told him he would. Look what happens. The sin that was on him, it's not on him anymore. And in fact, this is what's happened. It's transferred to Jesus. It's transferred to Jesus. So Jesus suffered and paid for the sin of the second man. That the second man would not have to be in judgment to God. First Peter 2, 22 through 24 says, He never sinned, talking about Jesus. Jesus never deceived anyone. He didn't retaliate when he was insulted. He didn't threaten revenge when he suffered. He left his case in the hands of God who always judges fairly. Here's verse 24. He personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By his wounds, you have healing. The second thief rested on Jesus, gave his sins to Jesus. Here's the question as we close today. Which thief are you? Which thief are you? Right? Most of us admitted we stole something before, so it doesn't come as a shock to tell you you're a thief. Congratulations. Which, which thief are you? The first thief, listen, he kept his sin. He breathed his last breath, and he faced judgment with no hope. He did not care, didn't take care of his sins while on earth. 
the second thief felt the weight of his sin, called upon Jesus, and he allowed Jesus to take his sin, and he doesn't have to face judgment. We shared this verse on Good Friday, John 3, 18. There is no judgment against anyone who believes in him, but anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only son. Are your sins on Jesus? All of us have sin in us. Jesus was the only one that had no sin. We all have sin in us. If it's not dealt with and we pass away, the sin will also be on us in a crushing weight and we will suffer the consequences of that. And it's not 10 minutes because there's no other way. Jesus said he's the only way to the Father. Heaven is through Jesus alone. It's Jesus alone, that's it. If you're not with Jesus, the the only other destination is a place that God didn't prepare for you. He prepared for Satan and his angels called hell. He prepared that for Satan. He doesn't want you to go. Jesus died for you to take your sin. He paid for you like that man who who bought the birdcage with his own money and opened the door and was saying, shoo, shoo, to let the birds go to freedom. That's what Jesus did as he paid the price for your sin and he opened up the tomb to let you know you can peek inside. He didn't have to open up the tomb to to get out. He opened up the tomb so historians and others could look inside and see he rose, he did what he said and you and I we can receive that freedom if we just simply receive it today which thief are you is your sin still resting upon your shoulders or is your sin resting upon Jesus is your sin resting on you or is it resting on Jesus Romans 6.23 last verse for the wages of sin is death But the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord. What does the resurrection mean? It means we're set free. It means our sins are gone. The door has been opened. We can have a relationship with God. We have here on earth help, and we also have hope for heaven. But I realized for some reason, I I don't know why, but for some reason, some people just don't want Jesus. They would just rather keep their sins like the first thief. They disregard what Jesus said and they think he was just a good man or maybe he was just nuts. Maybe Jesus was just crazy. Well, today we have to make that decision. Who do you say I am? One question from Jesus still ripples through time. Many questions go unanswered, but this one cannot be ignored. Is he a prophet, some wondered? A teacher or a philosopher? A liar? A lunatic? No matter what they believed, his death would come brutally. The cross, it was built for pain constructed to kill and destroy the cross was built to take but the open mouth of a grave testifies forever of one exception and it has not yet been silenced if the cross speaks of defeat the empty tomb calls out victory if the cross screams of judgment the abandoned shroud thunders freedom put yourself there 
Rest your hand on a rough boulder pushed aside. Stare into the grave where death was robbed. Listen to a still, small voice. Who do you say I am? And the emptiness of that place will answer you. He is Jesus. He is the author and perfecter of our lives. He is Jesus. He rules both ends of time and the places beyond. He is our security. He is our significance. He is our satisfaction. He is Jesus. God's answer to our guilt. He is the son not spared so that we could go free. And just as death came through one man, through one man comes resurrection. It is finished. Hallelujah. That's the Jesus we serve. Today, if you want to find forgiveness that comes from a heart completely surrendered to God, when we ask him to come in, we, listen, we want to make him, as our new painting says, that Amber and Jay helped so much with in the back. He's the king of all kings, and he's the Lord of all lords. If you want to surrender him today, pray this simple prayer with me. Let's bow our heads this morning. You can repeat after me if you like. There's no power in the words, but there's a lot of power in your heart submitted to God. Father, I know I have broken your laws and I know my sins have separated me from you. I am truly sorry. And now I want to turn away from my past sinful life towards you. Please forgive me and help me avoid sinning again. I believe that your son Jesus Christ died for my sins and was resurrected from the dead and is alive and hears my prayer today. Right now, I invite Jesus to become the Lord of my life, to rule and reign in my heart from this day forward. Please send your Holy Spirit to help me obey you and to do your will for the rest of my life. I make you my Lord and my King. In Jesus' name, amen. Worship team, you guys can come up. If we prayed that prayer today, if you prayed that prayer and you mean it with all your heart, listen, Jesus has taken your sin. Jesus has taken your sin. The weight of your sin that is on your shoulders was placed upon him. Paul says in the New Testament, you are a new creation. The old has gone. The new has come. If that's you, what should you do? Or even if that's not you yet, and maybe you're just listening here and you're observing and you want to go home and think about what I said today for a little while, I want to encourage you to do that. Don't let it go too long. See, the devil has a way of of tricking us and having us just get distracted and not be able to think about things that really matter. These spiritual things matter. If Jesus is king, if he's Lord, if he did rise, Uh, from the dead, if he is coming back, this is the most important thing on your agenda today. I promise you, if you've received Jesus or if you're contemplating it, what's your next step? Can I say this? Find a good church to go to. A lot of us belong here, but if you don't belong here, if you have a good church that you go to, go to your church and support your pastor. Love them. If you don't have a church to go to that really gets into the Bible, we do that. We get into the Bible a lot. 
and pray. And we, we use the word family often here. If you don't have a church like that, I want to encourage you if, you. if you want to and you feel led, come here. Come here. I don't want to take anybody from their church. But if you're not really, sometimes people just go once in a while or something. Come here if you don't have a place to belong. Uh, let, find a church somewhere, though, somewhere. Get a Bible to help you uh, begin to learn from God. Maybe begin reading through the book of John this week. Great place to begin reading. Uh, I, I know that a lot of us don't use paper books anymore. Uh, we have free Bibles in the back we'd love to give you today. But if you don't have one, you can download the Bible app, and it's fantastic. It might be called Life Church or version. either one. It's the very same app. It's absolutely free. There's a million different versions. We usually use the New Living Translation just because I think it's simpler, but there's a million versions. Read and let God talk to you. And if you've made a commitment to Jesus today, I'd love to be able to just talk to you for a few moments. As soon as we get done, we're going to do an egg hunt and we're going to go outside, but maybe hang out for a few moments and just come up and talk to me. I'll be here for a little bit and love to be able to just say hi and talk with you if you made that commitment to Christ today, especially, especially. And one last thing, if you can help us, if you would love to uh, have us have your contact information, if you're a visitor here, that would be great. There's cards in a lot of the seats around you. If you can grab one of those and help out with that, you can throw that in the offering as it goes by. That would be fantastic. Guess what, guys? Jesus rose from the dead. Amen? We're going to worship him and sing one more song. Let's stand together as we do so. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for everything that you've done. Lord, we love you. We thank you that you give us new life and hope for the future. God, I thank you that I can live today knowing that my sin is no longer on me. Even though I deserve to have it on me, my sin was on you because you paid the price. And God, today I pray that you would just help us all to bask in your glory, God. I pray for blessings on everybody who's here. May they have a fantastic day, Lord. Be with us in Jesus' mighty name. We worship you. Amen.